Objections Overruled 1 and 2 audiobooks are produced by Lutheran Public Radio and are made possible with support from listeners like you. You can contribute to the production of future audiobooks at issuesetc.org support. Look for Objections Overruled 3 in December of 2023. The Bible Teaches Bigotry Kirk M. Clayton Christians are commonly accused of bigotry, intolerant commitment to personal opinions and prejudice. Disagreement over points of information is not bigotry. Christians are called to show gentleness and respect in disagreement. Christians believe that all people are guilty of sin and in need of forgiveness. The accusation of bigotry may itself be leveled out of intolerant commitment to personal opinions. Are you shocked? Have you heard the whispers? Have you heard the outrage? Have you heard the outright shouts? Christianity is bigoted. Christianity divides people. Christianity breeds extremism. Christianity needs to be silenced. And you? If you are a Christian, then you are a bigot. You are a hater. You are an extremist. You are dangerous. You need to be silenced. Are you surprised at these accusations? Have you heard them? Do you even, perhaps, agree with them? In this chapter, we will look head-on at the charge that the Bible teaches bigotry. We will look at Bible passages that are sometimes used to make these accusations. We will also look at the whole of the scriptural message to see if these supposedly bigoted passages are being interpreted correctly. Does the Bible teach bigotry? It does no good to ignore the accusation and try to hide. Instead, let's check it out. To get started, we need to consider what it means to be a bigot. This is a word we have heard with increasing frequency in our society over the last few years. But just because a word is frequently used or frequently heard does not mean that it is commonly understood. And I should note, repetition of a word does not make an accusation true. Let's start by understanding what bigotry is. There are numerous possibilities, but the following one from Merriam-Webster can be taken as a good definition of a bigot. A person who is obstinately or intolerantly devoted to his or her own opinions and prejudices. Merriam-Webster.com slash dictionary slash bigot. Almost all definitions of bigotry point to strong intolerance of an opposing viewpoint or of a different race or religion. While it is important to understand a basic definition of bigotry, it is also important to understand what does not constitute bigotry. Disagreeing with someone does not make you a bigot. Having a differing opinion does not make you a bigot. In particular, holding to facts when others around you are wrong, or are basing their opinions largely on feelings rather than facts, is not bigotry. For example, if a classmate tries to tell you that 2 plus 2 equals 17, it is not bigotry to disagree since you know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. This bears repeating. Disagreement is not bigotry. Moving to a slightly more complex example, let's say that a classmate in a literature class argues that William Faulkner, 1897-1962, wrote The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, published in 1876. It is not bigotry to point out that Faulkner was born 21 years after The Adventure of Tom Sawyer was published and therefore could not be the author. 
Getting even more controversial, suppose someone argues that gender is fluid. A person might become any one of dozens of preferred genders with appropriate associated pronouns. But genetic science clearly shows that people are born with either XX, female, or XY, male, chromosomes. Those XX or XY chromosomes remain unchanged from conception through the grave, regardless of our preferences or opinions. You are not a bigot to point out the utter fallacy and foolishness of gender fluidity. Let's go a step further. It is not bigotry to say that marriage is between one man and one woman, regardless of the abuse of the law that took place in the 2015 Obergefell v. Hodges Supreme Court decision. Five people in black robes, even sitting on the Supreme Court, do not have the authority to redefine marriage. Marriage has been defined as between men and women across cultures and millennia. Five justices do not have the authority to overthrow history and biology, and it is not bigotry to say so. Remember, disagreement is not bigotry. This is especially true when the disagreement is over hot-button issues where a certain point of view or narrative is being pushed aggressively by one segment of a society without regard for facts or evidence. Bigotry is obstinate or intolerant devotion to your own opinion. Holding to facts in the face of feelings is not bigotry because facts, such as 2 plus 2 equals 4, a person with XX chromosomes is unchangeably female, and marriage is between a man and a woman, are not opinions. They are facts. Bigotry does not include holding a strong, correct opinion about facts, even if that stance is unpopular. Also remember that bigotry is the obstinate or intolerant devotion to your own opinion. Bigotry is not just any disagreement, it is obstinate and intolerant disagreement. Consider what the Bible teaches in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15-16. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that, when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Christians are called to hold to their faith firmly, as our faith is founded on facts, but to do so with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect are very different from obstinacy and intolerance. While the Bible does not allow us to agree blindly with the ever-shifting currents of culture, it does admonish us to disagree with gentleness and respect. In this way, the Bible actually teaches the exact opposite of bigotry. Disagreement is not bigotry. Standing for the truth is not bigotry. And disagreeing with someone while demonstrating gentleness and respect toward him is definitely not bigotry. The Bible does not teach bigotry. It teaches the exact opposite. Yes, there are a few passages of the Bible that, out of context, might be construed as teaching bigotry. Let us examine a couple of these and see if the charge of bigotry holds up. When the topic of bigotry in the Bible comes up, the connection is often based on Old Testament laws that call for harsh punishment of sexual sin. In our overly permissive culture, any form of punishment for deviant sexual activity is decried as bigoted. One such biblical example is Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Similarly, we read in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, 
If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If Christians were to go on murderous rampages against adulterers or homosexuals, they could rightly be accused of bigotry, and far worse, of course. However, we realize that what is stated in Leviticus chapter 20 is not binding law for all time. Instead, we remember that the Israelites in the Old Testament were in a position very different than the church today. The Israelites were a civil government and a religious group at the same time. The church and the state were joined. What is described in Leviticus chapter 20 is known as civil law, that is, the laws and procedures to be followed by the government of the nation of Israel. This civil law is not what is to be followed in the church of the New Testament period. The New Testament church is distinct from the secular government. When it comes to passages such as Leviticus chapter 20, we remember that these portions of the law have no authority for us today because Jesus has fulfilled the law in his death on the cross. While the civil punishment for sex outside of marriage in the Old Testament was death, Jesus suffered that death on the cross. He has fulfilled the civil law of the Old Testament, so it no longer has binding force for us in the church today. Thus, such passages from the Old Testament do not teach bigotry. They simply show the procedures followed by the government of Israel at the time. Another passage that is used to argue that the Bible teaches bigotry is Romans chapter 1, which again makes reference to sexual sins. We read in Romans chapter 1 verses 26 to 27, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Those who would charge that the Bible teaches bigotry would stop reading there and point to this passage as a foundation for Christians to hate gay people. However, we need to continue reading. Just six verses later, in Romans chapter 2, verse 1, we read, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We see that, in fact, the Bible teaches us not to regard any others as worse or more sinful than ourselves. We too have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We do not overlook or ignore sin. We recognize that we equally have sinned and we have been blessed to receive God's grace rather than God's punishment for our sins. So, we extend the same offer of grace and forgiveness we have received to those who are trapped in sin. This is not bigotry. Instead, it is, in a way, a brotherhood. We have been in the same place as all who sin, and we can share the same hope and joy of forgiveness that we have received. The Bible does not teach an anything-goes outlook in line with moral relativism. It also does not teach bigotry, that is, obstinate intolerance of differing opinions. It certainly does not teach canceling or persecuting those who have different views. In fact, Jesus teaches exactly the opposite. He says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus also teaches in the parable of the Good Samaritan that we should care for those who are different than we are. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. 
In a very clear passage against bigotry, St. Paul writes, Neither is there Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. These and many other passages in the Bible call Christians to love and care for all, even those who are different than we are, even those with whom we disagree. We don't condone or support sin, but we care for those who are caught in sin. This is a far cry from being obstinate and intolerant with those around us. The Bible does not teach bigotry. One could even make the case that those who maliciously argue that the Bible does teach bigotry are themselves practicing bigotry. In the past several years, accusing someone of being a bigot has become a shorthand method for dismissing them, refusing to discuss or debate with them, or even canceling them. If I label someone a bigot, I am saying that their point of view is not to be tolerated. If a public figure is labeled a bigot, they are banned from speaking at various events. Often, invitations to speaking engagements, particularly on college campuses, have been revoked. If a person is labeled a bigot, his or her viewpoint is banned, not allowed to be heard or even debated. Again, the viewpoint of a bigot in today's cancel culture is not to be tolerated. Notice what has happened. The people accusing someone with a different view of bigotry have themselves become intolerant of the differing point of view. Remember that intolerance of a differing belief is one of the primary marks of bigotry. The ones accusing someone with whom they disagree of bigotry have themselves become bigots. Does the Bible teach bigotry? No. Christians can and should stand firmly but politely on their beliefs. Doing so is not bigotry. We do not buy into a lie and we do not hold back from speaking the truth gently and humbly. Christians following biblical teaching do not practice bigotry. In fact, those who make the accusation that the Bible does teach bigotry are likely trying to silence Christians from speaking and living their faith, thereby ostracizing them and shaming them. This effort to muzzle Christians with the accusation of bigotry is, in itself, obstinate and intolerant, in a word, bigoted. But where the secular world practices bigotry, including against Christians, the Bible instead teaches love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. If Jesus has loved us to give himself for us, sinners though we are, so we also should love and care for our neighbors, sinners though they also are. Love is the opposite of obstinate intolerance. The Bible teaches love, not hate. Patient endurance, not extremism. Forgiveness, not violence. In short, no, the Bible does not teach bigotry.